Come on, good morning everybody, how are we all doing? Come on, everybody feeling warm this morning? Come on, warm in the hearts, but maybe cold on the skin. Why don't you give somebody next to you a high five and say, you're looking good looking this morning. You're looking good looking this morning. Come on. Come on guys, let's open in prayer. As we stay standard, let's just, let's trust God to speak through His Word this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank You, God. We thank You, God, for this space, Lord. And I, I pray, Lord, that we just slow down the temper to a place, Father God, that we recognize that we can't do anything without Your power infused through us, through the presence and the power of Your Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we're two or more gathered. Your presence and Your power moves. And so we thank You for Your Word, Lord. And I recognize that I can't do this without You. So I ask You, Holy Spirit, will You speak through me as we unpack Your Word? And will You drop revelation into our hearts, Father God, that causes us to live out the purpose that You've been created for us for? So we thank You in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Come on, you guys can grab your seats. For those of you that are new, my name's Dita, and I'm just part of the team here at View Church. We want to welcome you. Thank you for being here today. It's really good to have you. I also want to welcome a good friend of mine, all the way from Alabama, Church of the Highlands. Tim Hurd and his family here are here with us this morning. Um, Tim's been such a blessing to our church. Like even during COVID, his friendship allowed us to even like you guys would even you've received the blessing on the other side during COVID through his help. And, and so Church of the Highlands is a blessing as well. They just, most of you don't know this, but uh, the, the freedom program that you guys, <laughs> that we do here is actually, it comes from uh, Pastor Chris Hodges and their church in Church of the Highlands. And we just, we thank them. They've been a blessing to the church as well. God's using them mightily. And uh, yeah, so even during COVID, Tim, just the advice, the ability to give somebody a call and just seeing a church that's able to, to just trust God. Like I it's what I love. If I've learned anything from Church of the Highlands, it's, it's this real genuineness to just want to grow in your relationship with God and, and just allow Him to fulfill His purposes and, and, and grow the kingdom. So welcome. Thank you. One more time. Can we just welcome? It's so good to have you guys join us uh, this morning. Uh, so uh, the title of this morning's message is called Freedom in Christ. Now, whilst that's quite obvious, I want to let you know why we're speaking about that. We're in our third week of our Galatians series. How many are you enjoying the Galatians series at the moment? How many are on the reading plan? Thank you, Jesus, for simple reading plans. Not those overcomplicated theological ones, but like ones that you can understand. I just, I've, I've been so blessed, right? And so the, you would have known that um, the first week we would have spoken very much about what Paul was speaking is that, that we are saved by grace through faith alone in Jesus Christ. And uh, the second week, Andre would have spoken about the fruits of the Spirit and how we activate that, not in our own strength, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. And Paul is writing a letter to a, to a series of churches in uh, Galatia, and they had kind of started, they were still serving God, and, but Paul had preached to them, they had received Jesus Christ and, and salvation, uh, but a, a Jewish crew had moved into town that believed in Jesus, believed that he was the resurrection of Jesus, the power of it, but they also believed that you needed to add the old Jewish kind of legalistic laws to this. And so Paul actually has an issue with that because he goes, you can't do anything to receive salvation. You can, I'm sorry, to earn salvation through works. You can only receive it in Jesus Christ. And so that is what Paul is busy talking to the church. And so today we're going to be talking from chapters 5 uh, verses 
verses one to six, and I'm gonna be talking about this freedom in Christ, this freedom through the gospel. Paul is actually trying to teach this church that if you wanna stick it right, you need the right truth. You don't need the wrong truth. And so that's what we're gonna unpack this morning. You would have just quickly, as a, as a recap, you would have seen from chapters one to four, it's kind of like Galatians is broken up into these two-part chapters. So if we can bring that slide up. Um, just as a visual, you would see that Paul was literally dealing with theology up until chapters four in Galatia. So he's talking about the, the why behind the what, and he's really trying to give the correct theology of that. Theology meaning the study of God, and whilst we can't study God, we can study God's characters. And so that, that's what Paul is kind of, what does God want for us? And, but you'll see from chapters five, it starts to move into gospel living. So it's not just to understand the logos, the, 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 the written word, but it's also to allow to activate and become a revelation and live out in your lives. And Paul is so passionate about this freedom that he actually goes, if you waver from the gospel, it's no gospel at all. And that's what he's trying to point out this morning. And so we're going to talk about gospel uh, living this morning. Um, the way that you move society today, I'm busy reading a book about habits. I believe that one of the ways that we move society in our generation today is through media. You'd probably agree with me, right? Like any of you have kids that go onto YouTube, you'd probably agree with me that there's an influence on social media, there's an influence on entertainment, and the way that you move thinking and ideologies these days is through media. Me and my children, we've all got like, we've got windows of gaps where we get together and we're like, my daughter, myself, we love drawing and we love um, cooking. She does most of the cooking. I'm pretty bad at it. I just follow her. Uh, but my other son, we loves soccer and he's massive and he was very bummed that Man United didn't take it yesterday. Um, but um, but my, my other son, we, we're actually into a different kind of like thing. We actually, we like crazy about Avengers. <laughs> How many Avengers fans here? Like, I just love how the stories intertwine within the Avengers. But there's some whacked mythology in this thing. And so one of these series of Avengers we're busy watching, and Loki, who's Thor's brother, comes up with this saying, and he says this. He says, freedom is life's great lie. Once you accept that in your heart, you will know peace. Now, whilst that sounds strange, that is pretty much how... Anyone that doesn't have Jesus Christ could live that and go, that sounds like such wisdom. But it's so funny, my son, as we were watching that, actually goes, but dad, that's not true. And I love that because God had spoken to his heart. He said, because we have freedom in Jesus Christ. And I was like, amen, thank you, Jesus, that you are speaking through my son, that he can see the truth. How does he know what the difference was? Well, it was through the gospel. It was through the gospel. And so we're gonna talk about... Um, uh, this Christian worldview, which is true freedom is not a matter of doing what you want without any restraints. It's actually cultivating and living in obedience with God's will. And so freedom results, uh, when freedom actually results when our wants align with God's will. A lot of us want our own wants, but we're not in line with God's will. And that's where we kind of veer off the path. And this is what Paul is trying to teach the Galatian church. Be very careful. It's a different train track. John 8, 31, 32, I love the scripture. It says, the truth will set you free. And so Jesus gives us some advice this morning. Jesus actually says to us, he says, so Jesus said to the Jews who were believed in him, abide in my word, you are truly my disciples if you do that, and you will know that, and the truth will set you. You see, a lot of us want freedom, but not everybody wants the truth. 
Because the truth can sting sometimes. Because the truth can correct. The truth can be the thing that confines us in this world, in this, this postmodernism world that goes, what is truth and what do we believe? We are so whacked. We're not even connected to reality anymore. We're not tethered to reality. We are tethered on this world of feelings. Like I feel this, when I do this, it makes me feel this way. So therefore I'm happy. And because I'm happy, that's my most authentic. That's not true because you're gonna be manipulated by your feelings every single day. And the enemy, Satan, wants nothing but to rip your life apart with a false truth. And so that, where do we get our truth? Well, we need to align to one truth. If I asked you to ask the person next to you, what is your version of truth? I guarantee you we'd probably have about maybe over a thousand different versions of what truth is. But the fact that we're sitting in a church, we would probably go, it's God's truth. And see, the gospel aligns us to one truth. Not this weird, wacky thing that isn't connected or tethered to reality. And that's what I hope uh, to speak about this today. So how to frame this, um, this scripture this morning? I'm going to ask three questions for you. Okay. Now, as if Paul is here and he's giving this word and we're going to ask him three questions. The first question we're going to ask him, and these will be my points for today, is what is freedom? Second one is what do, why do we need freedom? And the third thing is, where do we get freedom from? So let's go into the first one. What is gospel freedom? Galatians chapter one, verse five, you can read it with me and it says this, it is for, we'll try that again. All right, so you guys can do the yellow parts and I'll do the white parts, is that good? We'll play, we actually preach a sermon together today. Is that good? Everyone, if you're there, say, hey, come on. It is for, that Christ has set us, so stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened by a yoke of slavery. You see, that's what Paul's talking about freedom. How do we know the scriptures about freedom? Because he's mentioned it in there. And he's talking about the right type of freedom. You see, Paul is building up in the book of Galatians until this point. He's trying to highlight, this is the big highlight of Galatians, is that this is how you flourish in a real freedom. Not in the freedom that you think is just this vague freedom. It's a real freedom. Let's consider what people feel freedom is today. Um, I've read a lot of books on sociology um, up until the sermon just to prepare, prepare for it. But if I had to take this mic and run outside now and find people in the street and just say, Hey, how are you doing? Tom, my name's Dito. Nice to meet you. I want to ask you a question. I mean, you've seen that YouTube this late night scrolling on Facebook. <laughs> and there's people asking questions, random questions in the street. And I'm like, hey, I want to ask you a question. What is freedom? I think we're going to get things like this. Like, well, freedom in the 21st century is like freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom to vote, freedom of oppression, freedom of slavery. Now, whilst these are great political ideologies, we understand that th that is freedom. But that is this thing that people are talking about, which is freedom of choice. It's freedom of choice. It's I get to choose what I want to choose without any restrictions. If you think about freedom, it's this ability to actually go, I don't want to be held back. I want to discover myself and figure things on my own without anyone telling me what to do. How many of you ever met somebody like that? Well, I'll introduce you to my daughter. She's 16 years old. Now, she's a great, I love her to bits. Uh, we're just so blessed to actually have Gabby in our lives. But you know, kids at 16 already start going, I can't wait to go to college so I can just do what I want without anyone telling me what to do anymore. Your kids are studying for exams. Have you studied yet? Oh, just leave me alone. I don't want to have to study. 
But we know that forcing our kids to take that time, carve out and study is actually a good boundary for them because it will bless them. But sometimes in the moment, freedom is this, I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it without anyone telling me how to do it. I don't want restrictions. I don't want limitations. And actually, I struggle with authority in that area too. They call this expressive individualism. It's your, your sense of identity and worth is an expression of yourself publicly and then the way the public embrace your expression. Your, your, your expression. And so we all know that that is not good. That's one version is this discovery freedom. But there's another version that's probably a little bit more sad. It's this numbing freedom where people go, I want to be left alone. I'm hurting. I'm struggling, and I want the freedom for everyone to just leave me alone so that I can be by myself. Both of those expressions don't work. You know why? The discovery of yourself or the numbing of yourself, either one is detrimental to you. And why? Because you can't establish your own identity. You were made by God, for God, for a purpose, on purpose. He, before the creations of the world, he told Jeremiah, before I even knew you, I had formed you. You were created by God. Before he put the first grain of sand on earth, he had already thought of you by name. He said, you're mine. Our identity, we were made in the image of Christ. Our identity is in Christ. And so you can't really figure out your own identity. Your identity is is built in Christ. And the other thing is that when you hide away, you need to realize that the reason you struggle with depression and anxiety in those moments is because you were made for community. God created you identity on purpose, but he also created you for community. And it was part of this. And so let me just sum up. Um, if you ask the world now, um, the world's definition of freedom is this. The absence of restrictions the absence of authority and the absence of limitations. You know what I'm talking about. You just have to look at our next generation at the moment and, and I, it breaks my heart. I get down on my knees and I pray for them every day because we are building a life that isn't tethered to reality. We're getting confused with things because nobody has the right truth, but they don't want the truth. But it's the truth that sets them free. And so Paul says that a freedom that actually is the right freedom is not the absence of restrictions, but the presence of the right restrictions. Because to be free means to be able to live out the way that you and I are designed and the way that you were created was in the image of God and you were created to worship God. You were created to love God. You were created to love others radically. And it's in that moment that you could probably agree if you've ever practiced that, that there's a true freedom. I'm not saying your situations change, but there's a freedom to understand that God moves in that area. It's not this gospel autonomy where it's about me. Satan comes to Eve and he's like, um, did God really say you can't eat from the fruit on any of the trees? And I'm not going to put on Eve's voice because I won't do it any justice. But he, he, she said, no, God said I can eat from any of these trees, but I just can't eat from those trees, the tree of knowledge. He says, yeah, but he just knows that the minute you eat that, you will become like God, knowing what God knows. And so what did she do in that moment? She seized autonomy. And that's what we do every day when we don't put God in the right priority. We don't trust God's healthy boundaries and restrictions for our lives. We seize autonomy. I'm going to take control of this. And Paul's trying to teach the Galatians that that is not the gospel. The gospel is receiving Jesus Christ, understanding his grace, 
and receiving him through faith. Um, when I was 10 years old, we used to live in Brackenfell. Uh, for those of you that don't know where Brackenfell is, you'd probably have to get your passport out in order to get there. Uh, but Brackenfell is like what they call the Burrowhorse Curtain. Um, and so um, I lived in Craftentown, went to school in Brackenfell, and my friend lived on Brackenfell, uh, like on the highway of Brackenfell, so the N1. His backyard was literally like the N1. And so we had spent summer holidays there, and it was amazing. We'd have fun. That week, my dad had taught me how to make a kite. How many of you ever made your own kite out of brown paper? You're probably giving your age away right now, because we all just like, these days, we just go to Chinatown, and you can get it for, like, for nothing. But uh, my dad had taught me, you take this bamboo, and you put it in a cross, and you take this brown paper with a string, and you put it together. And then once we had made it, my dad says, now you're going to have to go find string on your own. And I'm like, okay, cool. Why? No, because it won't fly unless you connect it to the string. You see, my dad, so I've got the string, put it through the kite. No, it doesn't work, dad. No, he goes, no, you've got to run with it. And as you run, the pressure of the wind pushes it up and the restriction of the string causes it to be held and causes it to fly, to live for its full, authentic purpose. And you watch this thing fly. And so me and my friend are like, wow, this is amazing. So we just got longer and longer string. We wanted to see how high it could go. Eventually, we took his dad's fishing rod. And we're like, we're going to use... Put this thing, and so we connected this thing to this fishing rod. Now, if any of you know the N1, it's, it's the highway. It's a freeway. And so we run, we put this thing, and the gut ran out. And the kite literally started to, to flitter, and it floated and landed on the cars. We're like, ah, get out of here. The point I'm trying to make is that for a kite to be its most authentic thing, it needs to be restricted to the string. You see, the string is an important part in the kite's flight. The kite cannot fulfill its purpose if it's not corrected to the right connection. I can throw a kite in the air. And even when it ran out of string, even when we let the gospel go and go, I've tried that, it doesn't work, I let it go, your life will start to flicker and flatter and it will start to fall from the sky. The point that I'm trying to make is that a kite can only be a kite with the restriction of the string. And God's word is the restriction to what we use. And so... I want to also point out that, uh, like if you think about it in nature, a fish, imagine a fish came to me and said, today I feel like being free. Okay? What does that mean? Well, I'm not going to live in water anymore. I'm just tired of this restriction of water. It's always telling me what to do. I'm going to get out of water. And you take that fish out of water, it's not going to lead to life. It's going to lead to death. You see, the healthy restrictions that God has created for us, we are to be, true freedom is to live in the confines and the path that God has created for us. And the word of God helps us stay on that path. It is the direction at which we use. And whenever you try to do it for yourself, you will always struggle. Let me tell you, Paul gives Timothy some advice in um, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. I want to give you a warning. It's about to get hectic in here. If you came to church to hear something very positive, and I just want to let you know this scripture is going to be real right now. This scripture is going to be real right now. And this is what Paul is actually saying to Timothy. He says, you know when you don't stick to the word of God, we start to see this. And he goes, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of great difficulty. How many of you are experiencing difficulty in your lives right now? Huh? He says, for people will be lovers of themselves and lovers of their money. The Hebrew context of that word money was a word called mammon, which meant your possessions. Paul's saying to Timothy, Timothy, they're going to love themselves so much and they're going to want to do what they want to do, when they want to do it and how they want to do it. And they're just going to put things above people, things, their possessions. 
And then he goes on to get real. He says, now I don't know if any of you, probably not here today, have struggled with this. Have you ever been proud? Have you ever been arrogant, abusive, disobedient to your parents? Ungrateful, unholy, and he goes on. He goes heartless, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, treacherous. You see, he ends off lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I want to let us know if we walk away from God's word, there's no doubt the sin in your life is going to force you to keep walking towards yourself, towards your autonomy, feed the beast. And that's what Satan wants for your life. But the truth of God's word confines us to something healthy and it gets us to not live this out. You see, freedom is actually when we apply God's truth and gospel to our lives. So why do we need, could I get the worship team up please? Why do we need this gospel freedom? Well, I'm gonna, just for time's sake, you got four hours, right? There's a joke in our team that Dieter is the longest preacher here. So I'm gonna try and take some stuff out and make sure that it still means something, okay? It says, so I'm gonna cut it short for you because it helps us navigate a sinful world with love with grace, with truth, with unity, with purpose. And I want to go as far as to say you cannot get that anywhere else. Even if you try to manufacture it, it would be unauthentic. It would be a counterfeit of what the real thing is. But if we really want to live a life of love, grace, truth, unity, and purpose, it is a life lived together with God. And so Galatians 5.1 says it. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Now stand free that you do not let yourselves get caught by a yoke of slavery. What is Paul talking about, a yoke of slavery? Well, he's talking about two types of lives here. He's saying you can have one in which you can fly and resonate with the passions and the purpose that God has created you. Or you can have the counterfeit option. But here's the deal. He calls the first one freedom. He calls the second one slavery. Why do we want to live in freedom? Because we don't want to live in slavery. We want to live in God's purposes for us. But it's when we don't live in God's freedom, we experience things like frustration, anxiety, hurt, pain, regretfulness. Romans 8, 1, I don't have the scripture up, but it actually says that it is Christ who has set us free from condemnation. How many of you have ever struggled feeling regret, pain, shame, hurt? I want to let you know that Christ has set you free and you are free indeed from those things. It is, by the, it is by the grace of God and faith alone in Jesus that you have been set free. Now walk free in it. Walk free in it. Verses two says this, I need to actually just point this out. Is that one of the reasons that Paul gives us that we need Jesus is that we don't want slavery, right? So if he says this, if you live a life in freedom by your own resources and strength, Christ will be of no value to you. Wow, Dieter, that's hectic. Well, let's look at verse two. Mark my words, Paul says. I tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value. You see, circumcision was one of the religious acts. It was just one of the religious acts. What was happening is that Paul had left and they were having growth track and then they said, yeah, you need Jesus, but you also need to be circumcised. So all the boys, could you line up over there? Like, it was weird. Paul's going, no, you don't need to add anything to this. And he says, if you add anything to the gospel, it's not the gospel at all. Verses four, for if you are trying to make yourselves right with God and keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from His grace. 
Dr. Tony Evans, who's a pastor, says, no amount of obedience can make up for one act of disobedience. Because obedience isn't extra credit, it's the minimum requirement. It's the minimum requirement. It's to live. It's not this life that's built on performance. It's this life that's built on trust in Jesus Christ alone. And so what would circumcision mean for us? Well, circumcision would probably be very religious. You know, I study theology. So as many times I'm, I'm in a, talking with somebody on the train and, oh, I serve God too. And then they get like, well, where did you study? What did you do? Okay, did you, what's your view on this? And so they get so theological and they become pious. And I'm going like, okay, cool. It's about a relationship with Jesus, not the logos, the story of the word. It's the revelation, the rhema, right? Come on. How's your relationship with Jesus? Oh, well, it's great because I read my word every day and I tithe and I serve on Dream Team and all those things are great. But if those things think is going to make you a better person and that God's going to give you more favor for doing those things, you're actually wrong. Because it's the relationship in Jesus. It's not anything that you can do. It's what He already done. You see, God is not looking for disobedience through the law keeping. He's looking for obedience motivated by love that naturally comes from faith in Jesus alone. Can we get up that spectrum? You know, some people think like this when he talks about Jews and Gentiles. Paul goes in Galatians 3.28. He says, no longer Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, male or female. You are all one in Christ. And I think a lot of us, if we actually put up that spectrum, a lot of us think of Christianity on this level the one with the line there we go we think of it like this you're religious or you're irreligious now ask yourself a question where do you see yourself on that spectrum well it's a fake question because if you truly understand Christianity and the gospel you're not on that spectrum you don't have to do anything God has already done it for you and so it's your relationship with Jesus why did he do it because you can't conquer sin your own. Martin was speaking about the separation we had from God. You couldn't fill that void. It was only through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross that allowed you and through God's grace that allowed you to be able to do that. So I want to just tell you that sometimes our lives are like this bent bar. We, you know, in our Christian walk, we're trying to walk with God and do everything that God does, but truly we bend. So what we try and do is we try and bend ourselves straight. I can't bend it. I don't have the strength for that. But let's just hypothetically say I was able to bend this straight. You'd have a straight bar, right? But would the bar be as strong as the bar was originally when it was made? No. Because anybody knows if I bend this thing up and down over time, it gets weaker in its pivot point. It becomes weaker and weaker. A lot of us are living Christianity with this bent life like sin. We're trying to do it on our own. And sin's saying that's the way to do it. Live free of these restrictions. And we bend it. And then during the week, we live a life that looks like this. But when we get to Sunday, we just quickly let's bend this thing straight. Put on our church bests for Sunday. Let's smile. How you doing? I'm doing fine. But actually the real thing is underneath you hurting and there's pain and there's brokenness and there's a weak point in that moment, but you're just faking it along. I want to let you know you're trying to force your Christianity. So how do you get this to be straight again? Well, there's only one way. It's to put it back into the fire and to remold it, rebuild it. When Jesus came into your life, He puts you and makes you new. Where you were once broken, He refurbishes it. It's not by your strength, but by Christ alone. we got to stop trying to bend our lives through work, trying to bend and correct our lives with God. Where do you get this freedom and how do you live it out? Well, closing is 
Again, let's just go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. I swear I'm just preaching out of that verse today. It says, It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So, come on, let's say it again. Let's say it with gusto. Let's say it like you mean it. I'm not going to stop until you say it. Come on. Christ says you need to stand firm. How do you get it? Well, you don't have to earn it. You just got to stand firm in it. I don't know about you, but I used to do martial arts and I used to do Kung Fu and they used to teach you this thing in Wing Chun. It was called the form and they would get you to do this. And I remember when I started, I was like, this is so weird. We did this like for hours. I was like, this is weird. Why are we doing this? And eventually this, uh, the, the, the seafood would come to me and he'd go, okay, stand like that. And he'd push me. I'd be able to resist. I'd have flexibility. You weren't going to push me over. But if I was standing tall, some of us are trying to stand tall in our own lives, trying to do it all ourselves. And you're so easily pushed over by the wind. But when you stand in a fighting stance, when you stand ready for battle, when you stand understanding, that term Paul used in the Greek context is a military thing. I'm standing firm in God's Word. It's when you stand firm in God's Gospel, you stand firm in God's truth. Nothing can come against you. It's like it will keep coming at you, but you're prepared. I'm not asking you to do anything else but just stand firm in it because you won't be pushed or swayed by the wind every single day. And in closing is, can we get that picture of that adapter? I'm using all these analogies today, but can any of you see the problem with this adapter? Some of you can, some of you can't, some of you are like, this is actually a real analogy taken from Google and we know Google's always honest. <laughs> Google only tells the truth. But apparently in an IT company, they were trying to solve an entire network of computers and they couldn't get to the bottom of what was going wrong until they checked the adapter and the adapter was plugged into itself. They're going, everything's plugged in and ready to go. That adapter represents your life. You see, your life is created to be a blessing to others. You can see other plugs. It's a blessing to, to flow out. It's created to flow out. But here's the problem. We're trying to do it by ourselves, so we plug ourselves into ourselves. That's autonomy. Plug myself into myself. I want to tell you, you cannot achieve the power of the Holy Ghost. It is only through Christ and Christ alone. And He has set you free for stand free against all of this thing and you'll be set free from slavery. A lot of us are living life going like, why do I not have power? Why can't I achieve this? Why am I always anxious? Why are my kids struggling? Why do I not have the finance? Well, I need to ask you a question today. Do I have you taken that plug and plugged it into Jesus Christ where you can access a power that is eternal and it can change your life if you want to be a blessing to others the best blessing you can do is plug into Jesus Christ because He is your biggest and best blessing and nothing can change that so I want to encourage you church today as Paul said stick to the word stick to the freedom that comes from the gospel it's not a bad it's not the absence of restrictions it's the presence of a person and the right level of boundaries and restrictions this power here it's quickly good well, can I Done. We're going to bow our heads quickly. Thank you, Jesus, that you sent your son to do what we couldn't do. And I just want to give you all the glory, God. We thank you, God, that you have set us free. Like this was your plan, that you loved us and pursued us in such a way, Father God, that we were undeserving of that. We didn't deserve, but yet you saw us distance and you couldn't have it that way. 
And so the way that you made a way was to send your one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, to bridge that gap so that we can walk boldly into the throne room and we can have a relationship with you, Father God. Not through anything we've done, not through works, but through our relationship in you. And so, Father God, I pray that you would bless and grow our relationships in each and every person represented to you. Will you speak into their hearts right now, God? Will you bless them with, as they go through the word, Father God, even though they face things, they'll be able to stand firm in it, Father God, knowing that your way is true. Your way is always going to be true. The leaves will fade and the grass will fade, but your word will remain forever. And so we pray, Father God, that you would bless us as we, we grow in our relationship with you. In Jesus' name. If there's anyone, with all our heads bowed and eyes closed, if there's anybody here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, and you don't know how you got here this morning, and, but you're here. And maybe something in, that I've said in the Word that God's actually used to speak into your life and goes, you need to change that. And the only way you change it is through receiving it. I don't need you to do more you to be with me and if that is you and you feel like you're distant from Jesus this morning I want to invite you back into a relationship that's life giving that brings hope that brings love that brings unity that brings grace brings kindness generosity self-control into your life and you wanting those things I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this morning all I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand nothing religious I want you to come to the front and do any funny dance. I just need you to raise your hand. That raising of the hand is not an acknowledgement for me, but it's an acknowledgement between you and God. And you say, God, by me raising this hand, see me. I want you. Less of me, more of you. If that is you, on the count of three, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give me a quick word. One, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. Two, that whoever believes in will not perish, but have eternal life. Three, if that's you, can you just give me a wave quickly? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There are hands going up here. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Can we just give Jesus praise for this right now? It says that even in heaven, there is a celebration that billions of angels are broken out for one that comes home. If there's anybody else, I don't want to leave you. If that is you, give me one more wave. We want to quickly just acknowledge. Thank you, Jesus. There's more hands. Thank you, God. Maybe you can pray with me. Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner. And God, I fall short of your grace all the time. But Lord, I want you to come into my heart. I want nothing more than a relationship with you to grow in love. Lord, will you come into my heart right now? Will you transform me from the inside out? I turn from my wicked ways and I give you glory for the rest of my days. And all God's people said, Amen. Come on, can we celebrate for all of those people? That is amazing. I've got some American friends here, so I'm going to use a baseball analogy. I know not one of us play baseball here, but Andre used this, and I think we heard it at Church of the Highlands, funny enough, the art conference is, if you hit a home run, you don't just run one of the bases and say, that's it. You actually need to still run all four of the bases. I want to let you encourage you to keep running all four. You've just hit a spiritual home run. You've come home to Jesus this morning. 
But if you want to run the bases, we've got a team there with that door open. And we've got Yaku there and a, a loving team that actually just want to speak to you a little bit more, encourage you around it. I encourage you to make your way there. If you need any prayer, you can make your way there right now. If new people, don't forget you've got your cappuccinos. Don't run off. We'd love to connect with you. And anybody want any more information, go to our God Can banner, which is our Next Steps Lounge. We can give you.